Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, my name is Chris Kadger. I work for the ITS security team, actually, the fines, privacy, risk, some anyway. Uh, manager, so I kind of handle those sorts of issues for the uh, <clears throat> ITS security team. I also have uh, been, been involved with in the past uh, quite extensively with the web application security tools that we have uh, on the ITS security team. As you all probably know, the ITS security team, we're all merged, all campus security areas or teams are merged together into one. <clears throat> under, uh, it's all under uh, Matt Morgan and Rick Harboru. Uh, we have a representative here from the identity management team that's sort of under our security sort of umbrella uh, also. So there's a lot of, uh, we have a lot of resources, well, not really a lot, we have some resources available for, for developers uh, that uh, you can use or you can leverage us to, to use, uh, use for you. So that's sort of the uh, whole gist of the presentation. I'm going to a few other things here at the beginning, just kind of set sort of a, set sort of the stage. Okay. So if you need to contact us, uh, of course, uh, we have a security at Nebraska and EDU. We have a phishing. This is, this is an old slide that carries. So, yeah, can't, let me find the right one. This is, a, this is, a, this is, this is not it. It doesn't even have the right numbers on there. So, this has the placeholder. So, let me, uh, let me stop here. Must have copied the wrong one on that last draft. Okay. I think I have it on my laptop. Okay. I have one second. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. <clears throat> Chris, you probably just joined the meeting on your laptop and share your screen off of there. Stop sharing. This is about to. Okay. Let's switch this up a little bit. Okay. 
but we don't. It's healthcare data generally not not synonymous with HIPAA. There's a lot of intricacies with HIPAA, whether or not HIPAA or not. And our legal uh, legal folks out at Barnard Hall, they're the ones who like to make the call on whether or not it's HIPAA data, and they, and they rarely do decide on that it is. Um, we have you know, uh, you know the uh, Department of Commerce and then you know those, those sort of trade issues, the uh, you know foreign 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 national things, accessing data, that sort of stuff. Um, the NOAA, the National uh, Atmospheric and Oceanic Atmospheric Association. They uh then do who uh, sort of the HPs. RCC folks have to answer to them. Um, we're playing very much body, and of course, uh, in Europe now we have the GDPR. So we have all these sort of compliance issues, and this is sort of a, a lot of people like to think it's sort of the, the stick, right? This is how we get people to do things. Um, it's BCI, or it's HIPAA, uh, or it's PERPA, uh, or it's some other sort of uh, protected data. There's some sort of law or some sort of government entity that's going to come. Causes very hard if you don't uh, you don't uh, comply with uh, whatever rules they set up. Okay. So in our uh, in our quest to comply with these things and to provide a secure environment uh, for, for web applications in, in and in general, the uh, security team has uh, several tools. That's really why I'm here today is to, to make sure you're all aware of the tools you have and uh, a little bit how they work and just make sure you are where they are available for you. Um, first one, first line of defense, uh, that's the way we'll start here, is uh, the, the Palo Alto, right? So it does have IPS signatures or intrusion prevention signatures for some basic, basic threats, right? Um, all web pages basically get, get the same protection. It's really easy to do. There's nothing you really have to do. I went through with uh, Ricky Kimes, the one who runs the, uh, the Palo Alto, he's the main guy from Palo Alto. And we went through it here uh, yesterday. And you know, there's a lot of the, you go in there with the threats and things that's blocked, there's a lot of things like, you know, technology specific, WordPress, Joomla, um, each one of those maybe has, you know, a dozen to two dozen, sometimes even more sort of specific threats that uh, would be blocked if someone tried. Some, some general sorts of behavioral things, it's not, it doesn't uh, do very well. It's basically a signature base. If you try this against this, uh, it's very possible it could be blocked. And of course, there's, there's Possibly hundreds of thousands of things that block. Um, it's very cumbersome to figure out what those are. If you go to the Palo Alto site, you have to you have to have a login and stuff in order to see the, the threat list and what can be blocked and what, it, what isn't blocked or what's on their list. Um, we can work with anybody truly interested in, in how this uh, works and what, what possible protection it may offer, or precisely what. We can talk to uh, <coughs> talk to Rick here, or maybe even uh, Brian Hall on the security team, and we can get some get some uh, more information on this. Um, so of course, we have the F5 uh, that's uh, that's available. So if you have a site that needs to have uh, some additional protection, right? It gives it gives a little bit more advanced protection for your websites. Um, it basically, it does like a have a their process basically has a learning mode. It learns what's acceptable uh, or what's, what's good behavior on a website. And then of course, uh, it blocks everything else that, uh, after you turn it on. So um, it's very good at blocking things when it's uh, properly tuned or when you have it to learn what, what it is you need it to learn or, or how your site works. 
But that does make it a little difficult to implement. It is a back and forth, it is a process. Um, but to, 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 for high risk websites such as the, uh, you know, uh, our confidentiality ones, such as Firefly, they all are protected by, by the FBI. I mean, there, there are many other sites that are too. And of course, we have our uh, Splunk, which is our log collector. It does uh, some analysis, right? Uh, we can identify attacks uh, that are happening. So we can see it uh, in logs. These, this, this thing is being tried. This, this, uh, this IP or this host on uh, the internet is trying certain sort of attacks against uh, web pages or under, under any number of web pages. Um, this is basically how we find out about a lot of attacks that are happening. I know Alan and, and, and Nick, they sometimes they identify those in, in, in logs or in sites behaving poorly or some other thing, some sort of other indicator that uh, something is, is amiss. So this all can come into Splunk. Of course, it needs, a, uh, needs an agent on the server and it needs to be configured so that it does collect those logs. Proper logs, uh, whether you have IS, Apache, whatever you have, we collect those sorts of logs and the server logs, processes that are running, those sorts of things. Um, and it's also great for for forensics. So later on, so after there was if there was a problem, we can go back and look at the log and, and need to identify exactly when it uh, was uh, either compromised or what the bad guys were trying before or, or anything like that. So it's a great forensics tool. So I highly recommend that uh, if you have a website or a web server that uh, has uh, Splunk on it and we are collecting, at least collecting and storing the logs for later, if not doing some real-time sort of analysis or kind of. I will say also with Splunk, <clears throat> if we do find a problem with one server, like, oh, they're trying this and it was successful, if, if the logs are in there, we can go back and look at all the servers and see if they find the other server and sort So now we get into those sort of the, the basic uh, core tools that uh, you know kind of can apply to Scott, except the S5, of course. These are basically have to do uh, with our website. So Tenable, we have a Tenable scanner. That's our vulnerability scanner. It goes out and scans all the IPs at the uh, University of Nebraska Lincoln, Carnegie, Omaha, all the whole IP ranges for all of them. Like, uh, I think it's once a week. And, and collects vulnerabilities. It goes out and finds out what uh, what versions of things are running based on banners or other sorts of indicators. And then comes up with a little list of things for you know for uh, people to do. Like hey, your website needs has an old version of this, an old version of that, missing this patch, that sort of thing. Uh, Tenable also can do some basic uh, website scan. It will identify some cross-site scripting issues. It will identify some other things. There are some questions about the licensing, whether or not we're licensed for that. It seems to work. It should does. So um, they uh, so I'm still trying to work on that too, trying to get the licensing squared away. If it's back something we're entitled to or it's just on by accident, uh, I'm not sure. So but we'll find out. Then also in the scanning uh, world, we have a uh, we have Qualys, a Qualys WAD, web application scanner product. That is, uh, of course, available. Uh, we have about 200 sites we can, we can do. It's available to all. We have a website uh, that needs to be scanned. Uh, it can be scheduled scanned. You can scan it uh, for all sorts of vulnerabilities. Um, it's a little more, it's actually a lot more advanced than the, than the Tenable. 
I know uh, some folks in the room here probably have used the, the clause and generally seem to like it. Um, we do limit access to that, uh, uh, but uh, we can, you do have a website, a URL, we can certainly uh, run that through, someone can run that through the scanner for you. Um, or if you have a lot of sites, we may just give you, give you access so you can, you can manage your own. Um, it's, it's very easy to use. There's not a lot of configuration involved. There is some, but not a, not a whole lot. If things don't work very well, then it can get complicated with the onion scripts and all kinds of other things you, you can do. But uh, if you're lucky, it'll just, uh, it'll just go through and scan it, and uh, you'll get a nice, uh, nice report about what it is that you may want to, uh, may want to look at. And of course, we have our IBM. App scan. Uh, scan is sort of the, uh, the high-end uh, sort of scanner. Not that it does any better a job, it just seems to have a better reputation. It's been around a lot longer. Something that's been uh, a very mature, very mature tool. It can it can identify advanced uh, so web web vulnerabilities or, or threats. Maybe on your uh, web website, um, we can scan an unlimited number of sites, but we do have a limited number of Posts that we can run the scan through. Right now it's just two. We can only run one at a time. Unlike Qualys, it doesn't track the progress. We get a scan and that's it. And then if you want to scan again, you run another scan. There's an option for a Delta report. You can send it two different reports and it can tell you what the differences are, but it's not very, very sophisticated. And the Qualys is uh, something that if you put a website in there, it'll track it over time and show you the vulnerabilities and which ones are there. Um, the IBM just gives you a snapshot of, of, of a point in time. Um, it does run on some uh, VMware, uh, VM hardware, so it's basically a you know, uh, Windows 2012 server with special software installed on it. But basically, it's very limited access, so there's just a couple people who have access to it. But we would be uh, very, very happy to run anybody's site to this sort of the but uh, there is a little point, one more point. There's a lot to do and a lot to, to configure. So if you do just go with an app scan, apps scan, there'll be definitely some back and forth about configuration, how to get it to so it uh, will work uh, best. So we have our tools. We uh, sort of use, and then of course we have. Uh, we get other information based on, you know, based on threats or uh, things that could be compromised. Um, we get them from the uh, ISACs, the REN ISAC, the educational uh, ISAC, and of course the MS, the state state one. They will send us uh, every once in a while some sort of, uh, you know, this host may be compromised, uh, sort of thing that's going on. You're running an old, uh, the MSI stack seems to send us an old version. They seem to go out and scan things and they send us a, this has an old version of something or whatever on it. So we get, we get those sorts of things sometimes. Um, we also get things in the InfraGuard or sort of the FBI. Every once in a while we get, the, you know, some of it's just general knowledge. Hey, there's this sort of web attack going on, um, this sort of thing happening. Um, every once in a while it's very specific. It's uh, intelligence such as uh, we found, uh, you know, this 
during our investigation, we found this host that was, uh, you know, basically talking to Europe for some reason. We investigate that. So we'll get that sort of information. Uh, we do search, uh, we do have some paste pin searches that we do. So we look for uh, Nebraska.eu and UNL.eu and that sort of thing. So we'll compromise the, the bottom of the compromise credentials and those sorts of things. We do have, uh, we do look through that. Uh, we have some work set up for Pacepin. Of course, the, uh, the last one here I'll talk about is the University of Texas um, York box service. And they, uh, they provide a free service. I'm most suspicious about the free service, but it's, it's a free service that they provide that um, spans basically our entire domains. Nebraska.edu, USA.edu, Omaha, they scan basically try to scan all web pages, all the websites <clears throat> that they can find, and they search for some basic vulnerabilities like process for injection. You get alerts from these fairly regularly. They uh, seem to have the same sites in their sites. Keep going around with the same ones that we get. We get uh, we get alerts for, for about the same ones all the time. Doesn't seem to find a lot of new stuff, uh, but um, it does find some things that uh, makes us aware of. A lot of the time, it's just a, a lot of what it finds is are very old sites. Like I said, there are a lot of old, old web pages, like always touching 10, 15, 15 years. So it does find a lot of them. So those are some of the things that we monitor. We have uh, actively uh, feeding us uh, information. Um, of course, uh, here's some. Sort of resources that uh, we use when we want to, you know, help people out. So if you get one of these dwarf bots, alert, you'll likely uh, <clears throat> get an email from me or somebody, and you know, here are some of the some of the places where you can look and get some information about vulnerabilities that uh, that may have been detected or maybe uh, that we have uh, been made aware of. Of course, the OWASP, you know, the SANS, is very popular. So, what's on the roadmap for us here? Where we where we need to go? Well, we really need an inventory of all what they yeah, We started a CMDB. Um, that's sort of a, it's a slow slow going. It's a tough to get someone to to collect this information. So we went through Tenable the other day and. And uh, just went through and found all it because it does a scan of all the networks. And there's uh, 4,084 IP addresses that respond as a web server, some sort of web server behind that. So okay, it may be a printer, it could be anything else, or it could be a, uh, a web server. Um, there are actually 350 unique web server versions in that list. So you did the unique uh, values of 350 different types of web servers. That could be like, you know, there's like, you know, 40 different kinds of Apache, but there's all, you know, IIS, and all those sorts of things, all those different types of websites. We have 350 different versions out there. We need to try, try, to, get a, try to get a handle on that a, a little bit. Of course, uh, we're always working towards secure configurations, and applications and systems, and that's sort of our scanning and other things that we, we can do with the app scan that we should, those are, uh, those are all, uh, you know, there's no uh, coding vulnerabilities, those sorts of things. 
patches and updates. Again, that's the tenable and some of the scanning stuff to make sure that the web servers are updated, the is updated, those sort of things. Uh, we need to work on our continuous monitoring, remediation, that's sort of its flunk in the IPS, the scanners, um, of course, uh, uh, training, and uh, final integrity monitoring, or FIN. That's an uh, interesting concept where we can check and see we don't have we don't, currently don't have this something that the sort of roadmap thing we're looking at what we do maybe uh, we can watch you know web servers web directories see when new files appear see the problem or the server so trying to come up with creative ways to uh, to sit those out before they uh, get out of hand and of course uh, uh risk management Better at that. The whole risk management process, the assessment and the analysis, and of course, the hard part is doing is actually managing the risk. You know, just someone has to make a decision about what risk we're going to take, what risk uh, we're going to take, when we need to fix first, and what can we do. So, I think that's all I have. That's it. Stop sharing. Um, so, if anybody has any uh, any questions or any informing uh, right now, if not, you can continue offline or or um, call. Yes. Uh, so you talked about all the security tools like Palo Alto and F5, and so how are they available to a regular developer? What's the process of using them? Does the Developer decide that, or the security team decides that. So you know, um, well, it's a the it's a partnership. I'll say. So the, the Palo Alto, you, you you don't really have a choice. It's a everything goes to the Palo Alto, and uh, um, I asked, I talked to Ricky about it yesterday, and there's really no there's no special rule like uh, to bypass it. It's like everything goes through it. You have an old WordPress site or whatever, something that it would be uh, it, probably giving it some sort of protection against some of the vulnerabilities, but not, not all. The F5 is a little trickier. Um, we're uh, more than happy. I think uh, Dan Boozer and some other folks do the F5. We're more than happy to uh, if you have a site that you feel particularly benefit from that sort of uh, uh, proxy sort of uh, relationship or pass along. Certainly, we can certainly do that. It's just, uh, it just takes a call or some sort of a communication to the security team. Then, of course, uh, <clears throat> the other tools, the, the app scans and those things, those are sort of one-offs. Um, uh, we, as we run across things that need that we feel would benefit from a scan, we'll usually contact the site owner. Um, there's a web page. It's, uh, it seems like it might be old. It might have some problems. Right after you do a scan, we'll do that. Usually, just guess the record. And same thing with the uh, with the others. I mean, mostly that relationship. Sometimes the developer will say, you know, hey, uh, I'm not comfortable with this the way it is. You guys want to scan? Put it on the F5. Sometimes it's the data owner, the person who owns the site. You know, they're very risk averse and they want to do as much as they can. And 
sometimes it's just things that we run across in our daily lives that you know show up on our either one of our radars, the door bottler, or some sort of other thing, sort of makes us aware of the you know <clears throat> of the one of the four thousand web servers out there. This one needs might require some attention. Some of them are just still out there, trying to survive. It is sort of that. So we get better at the risk management, we get an inventory, here's all the websites, here's the data they have, here's, here's the risk that they pose. So that's a, that requires a lot of maturity. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, are these tools, or some of these tools, are independent of where the websites are hosted, or what server, or it has to be like in the ITS server? Um, the F5 is probably something, the way it's configured, it would have to be in a certain, a certain network. It would have to either be moved, but I'm not totally sure. The, the Palo Alto laws, it's on the internal network here. So if you're talking about a cloud service or something like that, it's a whole other uh, ballgame for the uh, for those sorts of Palo Alto or the F5. Um, the G scanning one, we can scan anything, anywhere. Site owner and the people who own the server are aware of it. Does put some sort of a load on there. And we, it's a cloud-based service, and we scan it. It possibly impacts the service. I was curious if you've seen um, one compromise or one vulnerability that stands out like more frequently. <laughs> Like across the campuses, or is it all kind of evenly spread, or is it something like, yeah, if your website is compromised, it's usually this, or is there like a thing like that, or that you've noticed any patterns like that or anything? Um, so the, the compromises is usually some sort of uh, so the website. Is, so there's usually the vulnerabilities we see normally are uh, cross-site scripts. That sort of seems to be the, the one that. Uh, is prevailing, someone has a vulnerability that we detect, or someone else detects and makes us aware of, it's usually cross-site. Compromises, you normally see is some sort of um, some sort of file upload vulnerability, but uh, that has been actually exposed uh, or uh, taken advantage of by a hacker. So you'll find some sort of web shell, some sort of uh, something has been put on the web server, something content has been changed, they're able to upload new content or change the content that's there through some sort of file, file upload or sort of export. So when it's compromised, we usually see those sorts of things, but just vulnerability-wise, like when you scan, most of the time it's cross-site scripting, cross-site request forgery, those sorts of Is there anything to add to that? Some people have heard of some more that. WordPress. WordPress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Don't use WordPress. Thank you for the question. Uh, I find the file integrity monitor interesting. Um, do you know when you might have something like that available? Because I know it. Some of the compromises we've helped with, knowing 
when you're on the server what files change and when it hasn't goes a long ways. I know with uh, PCI compliance, that's actually kind of required in some instances as well mm -hmm. to be able to monitor your files and know when ones are changing. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something that's on, um, on my radar and something that, uh, you know, budget discussions and what you're going to do sort of discussions come up. I sort of uh, champion haven't gotten a lot of uh, traction yet. Um, but uh, it, is, it, is, it is effective because we did, uh, when we had the old blog room before we got the Splunk at the Central Administration, it came with file integrity. We put it on the web servers and the central administration. And it uh, never found anything, but it did give us a sense of uh, sort of security. That, you know. And you can really, we really had it tuned in. I mean, it was like it's in the www folder, and it's a you know, new star, any, any new PHP file shows up, uh, let us just send an email. Of course, when they update the update, the yeah. <laughs> you remember to turn it off, um, but uh, yeah. So, but it is it is it can be very effective. It's sort of an after the thing, though. like after the after the uh, someone uploaded a file and you find out about it, you want to try to stop it before, of course. But you can get it catch it right there as soon as it as soon as it shows up. Any more questions? Please feel free to contact us. And, uh, thank, you. Thank you very much.